Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. You're taking us to the Sermon on the Mount, otherwise known as the Beatitudes, as found in Matthew 5 this week, Colin. And it was so interesting yesterday as you started to tell us what these verses really mean, that the poor, the humble in spirit are those people who recognise their need of God. Those who mourn are those who mourn that God's will and purpose is not being fulfilled and they will be strengthened, not comforted in the sense that we understand it. And meekness, you explained, is those who continue to live in humility and dependence on God. Very surprising when you start to unravel it and really translate it in this way. Well, as I said yesterday, I think over-familiarity can breed contempt in the sense that, you know, people are so familiar with these verses, they may even, I mean, those that can go back as long as as, <laughs> as I do, I mean, we had to learn these by heart at school. I don't suppose you have to do that in schools today. But, you know, everybody would have been able to reel off um, the Beatitudes in the old version of the Bible, that was. Um, but things like that don't happen these days. But we, we, we spent the whole time yesterday just talking about the three of these Beatitudes. They're called Beatitudes because um, that's what the word blessed means. So we're in verse 6 now. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, we saw yesterday that the meek are concerned to see the, the will and the purpose of God fulfilled in the world. They, they are those who walk humbly with the Lord to be part of, uh, of, of his purpose in the world. So they will inherit the earth along with Jesus Christ when everything is brought under his sovereignty and, and, and um, uh, governance. So who are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Well, first of all, those who hunger to live in righteousness for themselves. They want to live in righteousness. They don't want to please themselves. They want to please God. They want to live in right relationship with God. They want to live in right relationship with others. Uh, and this is such a desire that they hunger and they thirst for this. It's not just a passing wish. It's not a good idea. It's not simply something that they know they ought to desire because they're Christians. There is this real hunger. I want to walk in righteousness. I want to do what is right in God's eyes. I want to please him. I, I want to praise him with my life, not only with my lips. So uh, that we can understand it at that level, but then you go beyond that level. Blessed are those who want to see the righteousness of God all around them, not only in their own lives, but in the lives of others, in the church, in their families, in the nation. We want righteous government in the nation. We want righteousness in the people in society that have an impact upon others. And we live in such an age of unrighteousness and so many of the role models that young people take are living very unrighteous lifestyles. And 
so praise God for Christian youngsters and Christian youth who have a real heart, longing, and desire for God and want to see his righteousness in other young people. And they stand and they make their, their stand for God, for the gospel, for his word, uh, against all the pressures of, of their peers. You could translate that into business and politics as well. Yes, in every area of life. We want to see righteousness because we live in a world where there is so much corruption and unrighteousness. And what is the promise for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Not just for those who think it's a good idea, but for those who hunger and thirst to be righteous and hunger and thirst to see God's righteousness all around them. They will be filled. They will be filled with God's life. You remember Jesus said, the thief, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that men may have life and have it in all its fullness. So, you see, he came to fill us with life. He came to fill us with God's life. And who are those who are going to live lives that are full of God's life? Jesus is saying, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's why they are so blessed. Then uh, I, I was saying yesterday that in this whole Sermon on the Mount, including this first part, which are the Beatitudes, we see so many principles of the kingdom. And uh, you could say that each one of these things is, is a principle of God's kingdom, the laws on which the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven operate. And in verse 7, we have another one of these laws of the kingdom. The merciful are blessed and they will be shown mercy themselves. Now, uh, who are the merciful? Well, God, of course, is merciful. He's been merciful towards us. The first way in which we really encounter at a personal level the love of God is through the mercy of God. And how does he express his mercy to us? Predominantly through his willingness to forgive us. So we could say, blessed are for the forgiving, for they will themselves be forgiven. And of course, Jesus later in this sermon is going to make that very clear when he's teaching the disciples how to pray, uh, because he says that those who forgive the sins of others are themselves forgiven, but those who refuse to forgive will not be forgiven by God. And of course, in, in what we call the Lord's Prayer, he says, forgive us our sins, our debts, our trespasses, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So there's this law of the kingdom that we are to live in mercy and forgiveness towards others. Now, you show mercy in other ways. Um, compassion is an aspect of mercy. But what we have to understand is that in Scripture, Compassion always leads to action. Mercy always leads to action. It is not simply a feeling. It's, it's not simply an attitude. You know, you hear people say sometimes, oh, I have such compassion for this group of people, that group of people. Well, the answer to that is, well, what are you doing for them then? How are you expressing that compassion in action? Because biblically speaking, you only have true compassion if you express it in action. You only have true mercy if you express it in action. So you only have mercy um, on those who need to be forgiven when you've forgiven them. 
You see, you've got to be moved to action. Now, Jesus is saying, those who are merciful to others are blessed. They're happy, they're contented, they're fulfilled. Because all the mercy that they need, all the compassion that they need God to have and the others to have towards them, they will receive. Because they have given, so it will be measured back to them. They will reap what they have sown. And those, of course, are also principles of the kingdom. It's very challenging, isn't it, that it's not just about words. It is actually about how we live. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the pure in heart are blessed, contented, happy, fulfilled, because they will see God. Now, is that a promise for the future or for the present? And the answer to that is both. Um, You know, I have seen the Lord on a number of occasions in a number of different ways. Um, Just a little while ago, he revealed himself to me as the mighty warrior uh, at a time when I needed him to be the mighty warrior in my life. And that was a wonderful thing for me personally. But, of course, it also led to something new being released in kingdom faith because when God appears to a leader, it's always so that something can happen, uh, not only in his own life and ministry, but to those around him for whom he's responsible, those who he's leading. But one of the things, it didn't sort of register to me at the time, but one of the things that that God sort of said to me subsequently, right out of the blue one day, well, I could only have appeared to you as the mighty warrior if your heart was pure. If your heart was not pure, you would not have been able to see me. And you see, this is is the um, word of God, isn't it? So um, there is a lot in Scripture about reward and how when you honor the Word of God, you reap the reward uh, of which the Word speaks. And you see, these, these are all rewards that Jesus is talking about here. Reward has got nothing to do with uh, gaining salvation. Salvation is a gift. But reward is what you receive from God both now and eternally in heaven. And Jesus says the reward is according to what you have done. So salvation is dependent entirely upon what Jesus Christ has done for us. But reward is the result of what we have done. How do we know we're pure in heart? Uh, Well, you see God. (laughs) No, it's not quite as as simple as that. Um, The heart is deceitful above everything. So I think for any of us to say my heart is pure is is quite a dangerous thing to do. We're seeking to live in purity. And you see, I I wasn't saying to God my heart is pure. That's why you should. It's just that he showed me some weeks later, weeks after the event, uh, when he was referring back to what had happened, and he, he just explained that. But what I believe is true is even if you don't have visions of God like that, um, 
you do see God working in your life. You see God undertaking for you. You see God providing. You see the grace of God, the love of God, because your heart is right towards him. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 